Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, while you might not recognise my next guest, you would, of course, have been glued to some of his big TV productions that his company Argonon has produced, uh, including The Mass Singer, Wurzel Gummidge, uh, James Burstall. He joins me now. He's the author of The Flexible Method, Prepare to Prosper in the Next Global Crisis. James, good morning to you. Good morning. Great to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Now, thank you for joining us. Um, I presume it's a question of uh, when, uh, not if, but when we're going to have the next crisis. Would that be your view, that there's always going to be something big looming around the corner? I think we've got to be honest, you know, because we live in now in a world of permacrisis. It, you know, I wrote the book coming out of COVID, and the book deals with the credit crunch and recessions and 9-11 and the many crises we've all had to live through in the last 20 years. That even since writing the book, you know, we've had Ukraine, we've got the inflationary crisis now, we've got the cost of living crisis. Uh, you know, the, the world is a very difficult place to live in and there is constant change. So we've got to remain very flexible and very vigilant. But you yeah. know what my book is not? Is my book is not a doom-monger book at all. I'm very optimistic. It's a hopeful book. Right. So just if we if we if we stand back from this a second, uh, James, if we, if we think, you know, we're all going to we're all busy going about our business, you know, trying to make money, trying to create employment, trying to, you know, create TV produ- productions in your case. And do we, is there a kind of a natural instinct in us that we don't really want to go to planning for stuff that we don't, that we might think is going to happen, but we're just, because we're diverted by the here and now. I think it's very uh, much human nature to to want to basically uh, avoid and, and and ignore the difficult stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, if you're a leader, whether you're running a team in any kind of business, not just the entertainment business, which is my industry, but also across manufacturing or medicine or politics or working in a school, any kind of team, if you're a leader and you've got a leadership role, it is uh, you would be uh, neglecting your responsibilities to keep your head in the sand because the truth is the world is a difficult place. Yeah. But there are lots and lots of tools. And the reason I wrote the book was to be very hopeful and optimistic. And I wanted to put into writing so that people will now have a toolkit. There are lots of things you can do to get yourself and your team ready because this is, as I said before, it's a set of tools to, to help people survive and indeed thrive, come out stronger and fitter from crises. Because bizarrely, crises can actually be quite good for us. Yeah, and I get that. So if you look, even if you look at your own experience around COVID, the first thing you do is you you make costs, but you go hard and quick on them. So lots of companies would have taken cost out of the business that should have been taken out, but it was only brought to the fore uh, and, and exposed as a result of COVID. Would you accept that? You absolutely have to uh, manage your costs very, very, very tightly. But actually, to be honest, the first, uh, it, my book is, has got 16 lessons. And prepare, obviously, before a crisis is absolutely critical. You must have disaster recovery plans. You must get all your team on board. But then the single most important thing you, you must do is put your people first. This book is all about people, industry, business. It's not about profit and loss. It's about people. So what we did in in COVID is we moved very early. We moved 20 
days or so before the first lockdown. You remember it was three years ago, and I'm sure you remember it vividly. All, all of our audience today will remember how frightening it was. We all felt fearful. We were sitting at home in front of our computers. We didn't know if we could touch the food that came in through the door. We didn't know if the dogs were carrying COVID. We didn't know if we could pick up a letter when it came to the letterbox. Did that have COVID? It was really frightening. So the first priority in any crisis is you must put your people first, get people to safety. And then, of course, what happens when you do get people to safety is people will roll up their sleeves and do incredible things. And my team and the many leaders that I interview in the book, their teams really pull together. And when you pull together, you can come through. Two things I think that that caught my eye in your book, uh, James, was one was the sort of leadership by example that you got to get in there. You got to show that you're prepared to get just rightly stuck in take whatever hits that need to be taken personally, but also the the power of communication and the ongoing necessity to communicate at all times to all levels. I mean, I remember vividly, you know, three years ago, almost to the day, I was sitting in front of my computer, house was locked down, it couldn't go out, you know, we couldn't see people, I, you know, I've got a mum who was, you know, in safety, thank goodness, but, you know, uh, I was worried about her health, I've got, you know, family and friends, you know, it was very worrying. We were all, we were all uh, abandoned in a way, weren't we, at the very beginning. So I remember vividly thinking, you know, my industry, there was a a lot of young people. The most important thing is to reach out and communicate. So right from the get go, I started letter writing every day from my computer saying to people, not boosterism, not faking the truth, not pretending that things were gonna be okay, but saying, you know what? We are in exceptional circumstances and it must be worrying, but make sure you look after yourselves, look after your health, make sure your kids are safe, make sure there's food in the fridge. Your mental health is really important right now. And you know what? We as a management team in my business, we employ up to 1500 people in the UK and the US. So we were reaching out all across the world. We were saying we as your management team, we are working closely together and we will come through this. We will come up with solutions. And at the beginning, it was hour by hour. Then it became day by day. And then little by little, we started setting incremental little targets that people could buy into, give people hope. It was very important to kindle optimism. But at the same time, you know, I had people, I had, you know, nobody in my team actually died, thank goodness. We we did have one person lost their partner though, which was of course was absolutely tragic. So you had to, you had to mark that and show respect. And at the same time, we also had to, as a team, keep going one day at a time, one step at a time. And then we did come out. You know, the truth is we came out in many ways stronger and fitter. When we talk here today, James, um, it is another thing that sort of strikes me is how quickly we forget. Uh, and maybe we shouldn't forget, but, but like COVID almost is, uh, you know, it's a distant memory. Uh, the horror of us, the... The, the, the pain that so many people right across all societies uh, had to endure the loss of life. But we, we, we tend to forget too quickly, in my view. I think you're right. I mean, one of the reasons I wrote the book was to be purposeful and to really kind of demarcate a moment in history. We've, we've all lived through history together in the last three years, and it's been brutal, but we have done it. You know, we have survived. And I think it was important for me to put something down so that next time there's a a giant global crisis like this, there is a book out there, I'm sure others will come along too, so that the next generation can think, well, okay, those guys, they did get through it, but they did a number of things. 
And I wanted to be very specific. There are 16 lessons in the book, which are very specific about steps you can take in whatever industry you're in, whatever kind of a team you're working in. There are very specific things you can do. And it's not easy. You know, the flexible method is not simple. You have to take tough decisions. You have to listen to people around you who will tell you stuff you don't necessarily want to hear. You absolutely have to walk the walk. I took a cut in pay. You absolutely have to do that. And then you must see your decisions through with fierce resolve. Once you've made the decision, you have to put it into action and follow it through. So it's not easy, but it is completely possible. And if you do that, I strongly believe your life will be better. You can really help yourself and your team come through stronger and fitter. And could I ask you this, James? If you were looking at your business today, as opposed to the business that you had three years ago, what are the key differences? Well, first and foremost, my team is always strong. We've always nurtured a very positive culture. And I built it into the DNA that we've got good, positive feedback, that people feel valued. We also have very strong diversity and inclusion. So we work really hard to make sure that my group has got people from all socioeconomic backgrounds, including the lower ones, uh, LGBT, uh, people of color, people with disabilities. So there's a real sense in the business that Argonon is for everyone. And we've been counting our people since 2016. You have to do that to make sure that we we properly reflect the society we live in. I take my job as a, as a television producer very, very seriously. Every single day, we're in the hands of people, in their handsets, on the bus, or in their bedrooms, or in their living rooms. We're talking to people. So I want to make sure that my company is reflecting back to every pe- every person across the islands of the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland to make sure that we are talking openly and honestly and properly reflecting the world that we live in. So I think that has become stronger in my business. And certainly in my team, they rolled up their sleeves. They came up with radical, really different ideas in the middle of COVID. One company, for example, we were told back in 2020, you know, there was no filming. We were completely shut down. There was no way we were told we were going to do any production in 2020 at all. And of course, if we don't produce, we don't make any money, which means we would have to close the doors. And that's not an option. We knew we had to get people back into business. So one of that, my company is called Brightspark, produced a lot of documentary. They pivoted on the spot and they said, right, we're going to become a current affairs company. We can get um, a, a, a license to go and film on the street and make films on the street about what is re- what's it really like to get COVID. Remember back in March 2020, we didn't know what the symptoms were. We didn't know how people were going to recover. We didn't know if it affected, do you remember, is, is it older people? Is it, um, like I said, is it dogs and cats carrying the disease? So we made a whole series of dispatches programs on Channel 4, looking at the very, very simple. What is COVID? What's it going to do to you? Will you recover? How is the country going to change when we come out the other side? So, you know, that company demonstrated that they could pivot on the spot, make very useful programs, which I know a lot of people watched and and took comfort from. Um, And, and, you know, we we continue that now into the present day. We always make sure that we're always on the front foot. We can never rest on our laurels. We've always got to keep reinventing ourselves, coming up with the next big idea. And when you say that you've, you've, and you, you, you quite rightly say your business has changed for the better, what about the marketplace in which you work? How has that changed as a result of COVID? Well, obviously, I, I do work in the entertainment business, um, and there are different forces at play, not least at the moment inflation. So in the US, for example, inflation is really hitting the advertising market. So we're seeing a big shift away from streamers because people can't afford subscriptions to streamers now. We're seeing advertising revenues are dropping, and that is also affecting the commercial channels, such as ITV and Channel 4 and others. 
Um, but we are also seeing that there is a shift in the way consumers watch content. So Generation Z, for example, are very brand aware. They're very loyal to brands and watch most of their content on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel as well, for example. So we are now working increasingly closely with brands to do branded content. So we recently made a big show with Adidas, for example, about the uh, incredible women climbers who went to Tokyo. And in fact, they went, our, our, our contributors won gold and silver, which was Better be lucky. Uh, and then recently we made a, a big film with Credit Suisse um, with Roger Federer doing a big art project. <clears throat> now, you know, what's interesting about this new form of branded content is the brands don't actually appear in the show. It, it's the brand values, a bit like Red Bull. You know, we've seen Red Bull promoting their um, brand values of, you know, excitement and adventure. Uh, yeah. Well, similarly with Credit <clears throat> Suisse, they want people to know that as a bank, they a bit like Roger Federer, they're people of quality. They work really hard. They produce... Um, uh, an excellent service and they are winners so so we're seeing a shift away from um advertising and and towards branded content so that's a big a big move for us and we're excited about that you know I, I like change I'm always up for it and tell me how is the book being received James in the marketplace well I have to say I mean we we hit number one on Amazon which of course I'm extremely excited about um and um <clears throat> I found it very moving actually because on the day we launched um uh which was on the 30th um, I um, I remembered just how difficult and painful COVID had been and why I wrote the book. And it was quite tough writing the book, to be honest. I had to dig deep. Uh, but I also had a lot of people in the room um, and a lot of colleagues and friends around the industry. But also the book reaches out way beyond my industry to, to speak, I hope, to many people around the, the world. Uh, it gave me a real sense of hope. And the fact that people are now picking up the book, and I hope we'll take it away into their own lives and, and pick out bits that, that, that resonate find some useful tools and help apply them in their own lives. And I hope it will make, you know, in, in my own way, a little bit of a difference. That's why I wrote it. That's why I wrote the book in the first place. All right, James. Well, listen, uh, James Burstall, CEO and founder of Argonon Productions. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Have a great day. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.